Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. You're listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. This is Paul Hawksby. And Eddie Jacobs. And uh, this is the very Heath Robinson way of doing the intro. Asha Grandad uh, doing the intro to the H&J Daily this afternoon because we could not find any studio space. So this is the courtesy of my mobile phone with me reaching out with a Peter Crouch-like arms so Andy can socially distance. So Andy, what did we like in the podcast this afternoon? Well, we had a chat, of course. Uh, We spoke to a man who uh, competitively ate beans on toast. <laughs> sticking, really selling it. Sticking with who is good. Sticking with food. Fish came on from Marillion. What a link. Sticking with food. <laughs> talk about hips. Yeah, talk about hips. Talk yeah. about his new song. Rob Deering on running and marathons. That was yeah. interesting. Uh, and a few other bits and pieces. There it is. It's all here. <laughs> Good afternoon, everyone. Good afternoon, Andy. And good afternoon, Paul. Yes, to last night's game and well mm. played. Uh, oh, Tickle, he was very nervous, Fulham fan. Or Alex, yeah, yeah. Alex, very worried. But he needn't worry because after the first half, uh, Fulham were excellent. Yeah, and, they had uh, a couple of chances, Cardiff, early on. That one that was sort of scrambled oh, on Michael the line. Michael Hector, what a brilliant piece yeah, of defending. Very a great defending. analysis from Chelsea's Danny Michael Hector. Well. Is he still your player? I, I, was, you I was asking about that. <laughs> I don't think he was one of our oldest spies. He never played for Chelsea. Cost you 300 grand. Talk about an outlier. I mean, you don't buy many. Yeah. 300 grand players, no, do you? I think they made money on him. You know, I think, really? well, of course, every loan fee that they got in for him. And yeah. uh, good luck. I'm glad to see him doing well. And he, he was one of uh, Michael Emanalos, really. That's what I asked yeah. with him last week. He and was a very impressive old Hector, wasn't he? That's one for the kids. <laughs> Thank you. Remember that? No, I don't. 20 to 6 Hector's house? No, because I think that's. I'm too old for that. And. John will be too young for that, so there'll be something in the middle. I think. Okay, yeah, he's giving John's giving me the thousand yeah. yards. So you John be, and me, we don't know that one. If, yeah, the kids don't know it. You've got to be, you've got to be sort of <laughs> sort of midway, forties, fifty yeah. something. Oh, you so, don't remember Hector's house? Not particularly. No, I'd say okay. I was already out of work when Hector was running his house. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, great free kick from uh, Niskin's Gabano, yeah. and I was thinking about it because, as you know, he's named after the great uh, Dutch player Johan Niskin's by Alan th- Cabano. <laughs> but no, no. By his football-loving father. No, I was thinking, what a pity he wasn't a fan of the great Real Madrid and France player of the late 50s, Ramon Copa. That would have been Copa Cup. Oh, yeah, yeah of thank course. Thank you very much. Yes, it would have been perfect, wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah I'm with you. It's one for Brian Glanville there. Yeah. And I've noticed that when Scott Parker shouts at the ref, yeah. the fourth official thinks he's shouting at him. Oi! <laughs> Like we got to sing with Scott. Scott talks out the corner of his mouth, doesn't he? Exactly. It's like really, he's, he's, he was. The a, he should have jumped. He should have become a ticket tout, shouldn't he? Yeah. Because the way Scott speaks, he should have been. 
Barney Spears. Tickets. Tickets. Who wants tickets? Who wants tickets? Barney Spears. Buy or sell. <laughs> I mean, Scott's made to do I mean, he's obviously a great footballer and a fine manager. Why would he want to go and sell tickets on the black market? <laughs> he but wouldn't. It's a thought, isn't it, really? Talking of what oh, players... Can I just say? Oh, yeah, sorry. I haven't finished yet. He's blazer and tie. I thought you'd know, because you were talking about this yeah. yesterday. And I've noticed that in... I think football football managers are great. Like NBA coaches all wear fantastic suits. It's mm. all about how they look. Whereas baseball, they're the they're they're the full kit blokes. They are. They wear baseball managers wear everything: the cap, the shirt, the trousers, the lot. So it's interesting, isn't it? But Scott is a blazer and tie man. I thought he is. Yeah, I think he's he's proudly wearing the club blazer. I think for the mm. playoffs, that's a nice touch. I think it's like mm. Ollie Gunnar Solskjaer always wears a United blazer, doesn't he? I think he's well most of the time. He's very much into yes, it. He's occasionally. He Smart casual. <laughs> um, we, things that players shout. I thought it was very interesting, Dave Kidd in the oh, Sun yeah, that's today. A good piece, that. uh, because obviously he's been sitting quite close to the dugouts in the press boxes. Yeah. He's been uh, keeping a record of um, what he's learnt from uh, empty stadiums and what you can hear. And if you didn't read his piece today, he said, um, Palace coach Ray Lewington is top of the league for positive shoutiness. So that's all, come on, lads, we can do this. Uh, this was a surprising. The Leicester keeper, uh, keep, uh, Kasper Schmeichel, is number one for, go on, have a guess, listeners. Swearing? Yeah, well, you knew. You read the piece. Well, no, I was asking yes. the listeners. <laughs> okay. Now, you don't get any marks for that. Swearing. I wouldn't have thought that, would you? Generally, I mean, I think I would have looked at swearier players. They're not listening anyway. They were too, we were too excitable at the time. I think we were. They put them off. off. Harry Maguire's the most obvious captain, he says. So he's obviously, you can, yeah. he thinks the one yeah, that, oh, he's definitely enough, yeah. the man with the arm. Mm. Mikel Arteta shouts mainly in Spanish, which is uh, not Fair great enough. if. Uh, if uh, you're Sacco, something like that, really. I mean, <laughs> it doesn't true. do you any favours or a bad, I mean, who knows? Uh, the levels of tactical instruction throughout the league are a little higher than you would find on yeah, Hackney Marshes. Yeah, I noticed that. Well, don't you remember going back to the uh, the, the infamous England documentary with the, the late mm. Graham Taylor and Laurie Mack and everybody? When it comes down to conversations on the bench, it isn't a great deal different from Sunday morning managers. Yeah. It's, it's still the basics. It's second still the ball. essentials. Yeah. Still nil-nil, lads, all that. There's still a lot of that <laughs> stuff. But yeah, yeah, second yeah. ball, he said, is, is the shout that most players give you um, Ken Brown's been in mm. touch Ken says I'm surprised Stryker didn't make the Booker long list injustice <laughs> well it was written in 1999 and I think the long list is the books written this mm. year Ken not not serialised on national radio decided, by Ian Danter I had this idea for Dance to read Pele's World Cup Murder <clears> Mystery <throat> in the style of Mick McCarthy I thought it would be quite yeah. good <laughs> Has Mick, has Mick not written a book? I know. I don't he could wanna... do Mick's autobiography. Remember, we, Mick came in to talk about his autobiography. Yeah, but, and I think we asked one or two questions he didn't like uh, on Saipan. Because <laughs> yeah. he, he, he did wind it up by saying, and the final question, the final answer on Saipan, he said, yeah, we thought he'd give us the eyes, didn't he? Imagine what it was like being a centre forward. So we moved on from uh, Roy Keane after that, we, we were told. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. We move on to the world of competitive eating. It's, a, it's an area we love. And uh, there is, apart from the, the American side, the, the hot dog eating, the Nathan's, which we cover every year, mm. we did this year as well. There is a British eating league as well. And uh, someone who takes to YouTube to, to uh, attempt records is Carl Gibson. And we should salute him because he has just eaten 20 slices of toast and two and a half kilograms of beans in under seven minutes. Yeah. It doesn't sound a lot, two and a half kilos of beans, until you see them in front. That's a see lot in of a beans. Bowl. Yeah. Uh, it probably was for Kyle. Good afternoon, Kyle. Mm. 
afternoon. Well, look, congratulations. It's mm. uh, it's no mean feat. Uh, the video is available, but you do have a disclaimer at the beginning of it. You say it does contain messy eating. And blimey, yeah. you're not wrong. I was going to ask him, was the record wind-assisted? Oh, <laughs> that's the trouble. They might, yeah, they, that's true. So, um, uh, whichever ones have you taken on over the years? Have you, have you attempted other records, Carl? Yeah, I mean, I've done pretty much all of the biggest challenges in England, really. Right. Uh, I've done the Britain's biggest full English breakfast. Mm. Nice. Which is basically 12 of everything. Uh, <laughs> when, you, when you sit there in front of it and that food's there, I mean, what are you thinking psychologically? How, how, do, you, how do you sort of address the challenge? Um, to be honest, there's not really much going through my brain, just sitting there, you know, kind of enjoying it. I love my food, who doesn't? Um, so, yeah, just a, just a normal thing for me at the moment. Right. Do you have to be hungry before you start? Do you have to th- that would help, it? wouldn't it? I mean, if well, you just obviously. had roly-poly pudding and custard, <laughs> it wouldn't help, would it, really? I imagine um, you have to leave it, You leave yourself pretty empty, don't you? Yeah, I don't normally eat for 24 hours. I normally kind right, of... Right, blimey. Mm. I thought, yeah. Yeah. Now, um, your technique is interesting because it's not... People may have see the beans on top of the toast and you like the way that you'd normally eat beans on toast, cutting through them as an accompaniment. Mm. But you use you use the toast as a kind of bean shovel, don't you? <laughs> you use the toast to shovel the beans in and then you eat the shovel and then you go back in for another <laughs> shovel and then eat beans off of that. Yeah, that was um, quite an interesting technique that I used, but it seemed to work. I mean, I got them down pretty fast. Have you studied the sort of the great American eaters like Joey Chestnut and Sonia the Black Widow Thomas? I mean, all of the Americans are absolutely crazy. That's mm. kind of like why I started. Um, obviously, following Joey Chestnut, I mean, he's just absolutely insane. Yeah. Have you he's attempted hot dogs? Have you given that given that a go? Um, I did a little thing of hot dogs. I did twelve in three minutes. Hmm. So what is that? It's 24. Uh, 36. It's not bad. Yeah, it's, it's pretty good. I mean, Joey, 40 does, if you could keep it up Joey for does 10 75, though, doesn't he? Yeah, well, obviously. I mean, which is quite impressive. He looked really ill after. When he was interviewed after the last uh, yeah. challenger, and when he just finished 75 in 10 minutes, he didn't look well. Well, you wouldn't be on top of your game, <laughs> would you? So what, what, affected, what affected the, um, the 20 slices of toast and two and a half kilograms of beans? Without being too graphic, Carl, what sort of effect did they have on you? Um, well, the train journey home was definitely quite interesting. <laughs> <laughs> Blimey, I bet you had a carriage to yourself, didn't you? I did, yeah. 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 Uh, and has anybody tried this? Are you the only person who have tried this? Is this kind of you issuing a challenge to other people if they want to take you on, or, or was this beating an existing record? Um, well, it was an actual contest being held by the, uh, the British Eating League. Right. So there was actually five of us going head-to-head, mm. and I'm the only one who managed to, to finish it all. Yeah, well oh, done. Oh, what, what sort of beans were there? Because there's been a bit of a you're, bean you've, battle. You've really, you're not well, David I, Frost when it comes to, <laughs> to drill you really down. drill down. Don't what didn't. kind of beans were there? Well, because there's a, at the moment, if, if people who are fans of baked beans will know that there's a bit of a war between Heinz yeah. and Branston. Is there? In terms of Heinz have been accused of sort of watering their beans a bit down. I'm not oh, saying they have or they haven't. No. I'm just saying this is what people are saying. And Branston... Are more of a, it's more of a thick sauce. So I don't oh. know which type of bean was, Carl. Would, would you say it was a thicker or a thinner <laughs> sauce? <laughs> um, I've got to say, I think it was Heinz. Yeah. Yeah, thinner. But, uh, I'm a Heinz kind of person, to be honest. 
Yeah. Well, oh, the Branston are good. I, I bought some to try them out. I was so intrigued by this war. I went and got some. Is it some. a war? I mean, no, you call a, it a war. It's a battle. I've not heard of it. Have you heard about this, Carl? You heard about this war slash battle between Heinz and Branston? I haven't. No. I mean, I'm going to go and look into it now. Definitely, I will be. So what's next for you, Carl, eating-wise? What what, what are you you targeting? Um, I'm doing another massive breakfast tomorrow, actually. Right, okay. Uh, That's the way down in London. Oh, wow. It's massive. London breakfast, it'll be, you know, be... Bit poncy, wouldn't it? It won't be like there'll be no, no black and white pudding. It'll, no, all, you know, it'll all be polenta stuff like <laughs> that. Kidgery. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, best of luck. Well, look, you'll be putting it up on your YouTube channel, will you? Yes, definitely. Okay, fantastic. Look, good to talk to you, Carl. Thanks very much. Thank you very much. There we are. That's Carl Gibson there, YouTuber, competitive ET. He's coming down to that London and he's going to eat us out of house and home. Oh, yeah, Don't try and get a cooked breakfast tomorrow, guys, because you, you'll struggle in the smoke. <laughs> Definitely. But uh, what a thought. I mean, Talk- I was going to say, talking of eating, hmm. I read this story this morning that a woman in America has been allowed to reset her exams after a meatball from a sandwich she was eating fell on her keyboard and ruined the exam. You think, who eats a meatball sandwich during an exam? It's an odd yeah. story, isn't it? Right. That's, that, that is an odd one. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah. You're, you're full of them today, Andy. <laughs> the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from TalkSport. County Cricket hoped to increase the fans. I was reading this morning, the MD of County Cricket, Neil Snowball. Oh, yeah. Momentum is gathering, you don't think, I was going to say, you don't think he's got <laughs> in, in hell's chance of making that happen. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. But uh, I reckon people must have been delighted to be there. Not just, you know, in a normal county game of the similar attendance, people yeah. just, you know, like uh, we were talking to um, <laughs> my brain. Don't ask me. No. Uh, Who are we talking to, Andy? Uh, Martin Ziegler? No. Last week, the book about county cricket. Oh, what are you? <laughs> that is really annoying. <laughs> that is so annoying. Are we talking about county cricket? I mean, you've I'll got me going there. You have to come back to it, really. Yeah. The old memory's going, isn't it, really? Yeah, it certainly is. It's not, it's not good. Did you know, I didn't realise this today, I didn't know there was a Premier League playmaker of the season. I didn't know they gave out a, an award for assists. Again, it was Dave Kidd who alerted us yeah. to that. Did you know that? No. Yeah, no idea. Did, Kevin De Bruyne has won it for the he second time. He made a good time point, though, didn't he, about in three what, seasons? What yeah, what quantifies uh, an, assist, uh, an assist if it gets a little touch off of someone? But, you know, it wasn't a massive surprise to see uh, De Bruyne. I imagine Triori had a few over, uh, over the course of a season, I would have thought. Mm. And there would have been others. Uh, Trent and Andy Robertson, they would be up there, wouldn't they? I suppose there is a top ten list somewhere. And we're getting on with Gareth. Are we having any joy? Ian Ridley, I'm line? terribly sorry. Oh, I oh yeah, yeah, I'm sorry. I, yes, it wasn't idiot. strictly a book about county cricket, was no, it? No, of course yeah, it wasn't. Exactly, but, you know, yes. but, uh, but I know what bet, you mean. Yeah, you know, that's what threw me. Yeah. Yes, going to watch county games, that's what Ian yeah, said. but John. I reckon people would be extra delighted to be there yesterday. Yeah, yeah maybe. absolutely. Mm. In the meantime, Andy, do you have anything for us? Yes, um, we, there was some research this morning about... Uh, the most searched football teams. And uh, yeah, unsurprisingly, it's Manchester United. Manchester United is the most searched for football club online. Uh, the Red Devils hit 13.7 million monthly average with 10,000 searches from fans in Azerbaijan. And uh, that is actually 10,000 fans searching for the former United striker Alan Brazil and his pronunciation of Azerbaijan. <laughs> That's probably what it was, yeah. I think we might try and speak to these people because I'm sure there's a few sort of quirky searches. Arsenal was second. Mm. Uh, behind Manchester United in sort of a global 
hits, uh, which is interesting from their point of view. Liverpool, fourth. Mm. Um, 140,000 from Australia. That's all from Dr. Carl, from Alan Fletcher. <laughs> On Liverpool. Repeatedly. <laughs> Norwich City fans had uh, 50 hits in Guadeloupe. That's what, this is what they want. So we're going to, yeah, we'll, um, we'll uh, try and chat to those guys and look at some of the quirky parts of the world where team... Because this, allows, this hmm. allows Norwich to go big in Guadeloupe, doesn't it? it allows Maybe them to they've got a player for, who's got some sort of connection. They've or... got a player from Guadeloupe. They might yeah, be, you know, like a youth player or something. It's possible, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, okay. okay. Um, do we thought. Pep Guadeloupe. We'll look <laughs> it up. We'll look it up. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well... HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello HelloFresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. The smile soft and warm, the memory of eating, his mind wanders on. Down rabbit holes. Uh, that is Fish. That's nice. It's formerly of Marillion. He's very nice, isn't it? It's from his final studio album. That's quite a bold pronouncement. He's made mm. the decision, clearly. Wow. Is he for turning? Let's find out. Um, he's here to tell us more about it and talk a bit of football, of course, because he's a big Hibs fan. Fish, good afternoon. Hello, how are you doing? Yeah, we're good. Yeah, mm. we're enjoying, enjoying the uh, the new single there. But we say it's from the final studio album, so the, the, you've made the call, have you, Fish, or, or, or are you playing with us? Is this is this like a Sinatra <laughs> comeback tour thing? No, this is this is not status quo. <laughs> <laughs> I actually, I think I actually worked there last uh, the two farewell concerts in, 19, in the nineteen eighties. Sometime, uh, <laughs> and then I watched with I watched them, I watched about five times since then. <laughs> no, no, two thousand fifteen. I decided that was a it's a reality check. You know, it's like I'm not going to get up to be playing arenas and playing in comfort zones anytime soon. Sorry, right when you're the Rolling Stones and you're out with there with, with a flock of physios and like you know blah 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 and sailing in nice hotels with like you know. Yeah, no, we're on tour buses and it's like, I just went, you know what, I've got more to do. You know, the bottom line is I'm a writer who can sing. I'm not a singer who can write. Fundamental Mm. difference. And that means that it's like, I've always wanted to write screenplays and write books. There's a memoir, stroke autobiography there. 
that's, that's destined to be written at some point. And I thought, you know, I've, 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 I've worked to my own sell-by date, you know. <laughs> and that's when I decided that Virtuous was going to be my final album, and I'm, I'm really happy with it. This is the album that I always wanted to hear as a teenager, and this is the album that I always wanted to write as, as a, a singer-stroke musician, you know. So I'm happy with it, you know. I'm happy. I'm very comfortable with the way that this end game is playing out. Good stuff. And the songs are very personal to you, aren't they? Tell us a bit about that one and, and the ones on the album. Well, I mean, Garden of Remembrance, I mean, my, my dad, who was a big heavy, um, mm. you know, died on, he died two days after the cup final, right? I'll tell, I'll mm. tell you a really funny story, right? So my, my dad, right, we're big hippies. We, we had we had season tickets for for all through the 70s. And then when I moved back up here in the late 80s, I got season tickets for him and I, and we went there as long as he could get in. And then on the, on the, the cup final, we hadn't won the cup for 114 years and the Hearts guys were all, it was always pelted at us all the time. And I was down at working, I think it was Wiltshire somewhere. And my dad happened to be in hospital on, 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 in Edinburgh. And the game, and I couldn't contact him during the day because he didn't have a mobile, so I watched the game. I was in tears, and I said before the, the game started, I said, just for my dad, do it once. 114 years now, please. And we won it 3-2. It was brilliant. Mm. I went up and saw, I saw him on the Sunday night, and luckily my, my daughter Tara had brought in the iPad and showed him the goals and stuff and I saw him on the Sunday night and he died on the Monday wow. and the thing was throughout all he was, I was the happiest man in the world you know winning that cup right and the thing was throughout my life I always I could never get my dad's birthday right you know <laughs> and I kept I was either two days later two days earlier and, I was, and he, it was a running joke between us throughout his whole life and it came to I got a chance to put a plaque up on the wall uh, or the west stand at Easter Road and it was a green granite plaque, and I had to fill it all in. I put, I put Robert Dick, and it was a, he left us a final smile. And I made sure that I got the birthday right. You know, I, went, I cannot screw up with this one. You know? <laughs> and I got, I got the birthday right, and I got his date of death wrong. Oh, dear. Wrong. <laughs> and every, t- every time I go into the stadium with my wife to take up her place in the stand, I walk past the stone, and I can, I can hear him laughing every time I walk past the stone. <laughs> yeah, I've just seen a picture of it. It's mm. lovely. That wall, it's a very lovely, that kind of wall of remembrance they got on the West End. It's, it's, it's a lovely idea, actually, isn't it? Yeah, it's beautiful. And there's so many clubs across the UK I've taken out on board. Mm. I know I've got a couple of friends that, that passed away that were, that were huge gunners, and, and they got the, they got the, 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 the stones and, uh, down at the Arsenal, you know. So it's like, yeah, and I think it's great. I mean, I think especially now where clubs and fans, you know, there's a whole new relationship developed between clubs and fans now. I mean, you know, I bought my season tickets for my wife and I months ago. And, you know, we've been buying stuff off them, you know, knowing that, you know, the club needs our help. And I think the club as well, reaching back into the community. I mean, you know, Hibs have got a particularly fantastic relationship with, with the Leith community and the Ember community. And it's... um. And I think it's important, and I think I find that overall, I think you know the strength of community is coming to the fore over over this entire COVID scenario. You know, mm. um, it all gets underway again this weekend. How are you feeling about uh, the season? Uh, I'm really unsure. It's just it's so surreal. Mm. I mean, uh, you know, I mean, we've got a situation where you know we start the we start the the, the new Scottish Premier League on Saturday. We've got Kilmarnock on Saturday, which yeah. you know. We we just don't know. I mean, you know, nobody's aware really of how the other teams are playing, lined up. You know, 
it's difficult to sort out. And we've got this added thing where we've got a semi-final against Hearts in the, oh, yeah. on the, the 31st of October, I think. So, you know, we've got players who saw <clears throat> the team through all the way through all those different, uh, all the, the, the different parts of the Scottish Cup so far that are now no longer with the club. So the two, the two teams that are going to be meeting on the 31st of October, I mean, it's, it's, it's like, you know, the lineups have completely changed from what you would expect from a run in the Cup, you know, which is a, it's a very strange situation. But, I'm looking forward to but because I've got seasons, we can tap into the the, the, the live streams, you know. Hmm. But I mean, I've I've just found watching football in empty stadiums. I mean, I've seen a couple of the the, the English Premier League games and things. I've been following what's been going on, and um, you know, and it's, it is really strange, you know, yeah. a, a very strange experience. I feel for the players. I mean, I mean, I've been offered as a musician to play these gigs, you know, do streaming gigs, and I can't do it. I mean. I need an audience in front of me to to to, to get the energies from sure. and to motivate mm. me, you know. So I really feel for the players that are, yeah. that are out there at the moment. Well, Fish, lovely to talk to you. We're going to head off to the racing now, but the album's available to pre-order now, out September the twenty fifth, and the single, I believe, is out already. Is that right? Yeah, Garden Remembrance came out uh, on Friday, and the album Velchmelt is out on the twenty fifth. But you can pre-order it now. And it's only it's exclusively sold through our mail order, our re home mail order sales, and that's fishmusic.scot. So the website is fishmusic.scot. Nice one. And you know, yeah. And uh, like I said, I'm looking forward to getting into the season on Saturday. Brilliant. All the best. Good to talk to you. Thanks for joining us. And you guys, take care. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from Talk Sport. Sometimes you hear about things that people have done. You think that is this true? Is this a true story? But apparently, people have been going to safari parks. I mean, obviously, that's been more difficult in lockdown. Mm. But people go to safari parks, and they like to leave the animals, uh, the monkeys mainly, mm. goes and pick stuff up, yeah. with tools. Can you believe that? Tools. They've found screwdrivers and <laughs> chisels. <laughs> and I think people who think, I mean, the immediate worry is if you gave a monkey who was climbing on your car a screwdriver... He's going to scratch it along your car. <laughs> in one case, there's one apocryphal well, story. Fix the car. You know, it's like Shakespeare in the typewriters. This, this does sound like one of those old Dutch Holland clips we play every Christmas. <laughs> it does. Apparently, there was a case, as recently. Dutch would say, case recently. <laughs> this is what they claim yeah. of a baboon running around the safari park with a chainsaw. <laughs> He didn't pull somebody's arm off, did he, at the same <laughs> no, time? <laughs> that's Ian's clip, isn't it? But, uh, no, apparently yeah. somebody gave a chainsaw to a baboon, well, which would doesn't do sound like... Um, <laughs> and it wasn't a tree fella. It wasn't in the business. But, if, no, this is, this is true. This, well, I don't know if it's true, but it's certainly true. the whole concept of people giving tools to animals just for a bit of a laugh is worrying, isn't it? I think so. Sorry, I mean, this is sounding really Dutch Holland. But I read it in the paper, and I, I pass it on. Well, it must be true. In good, I pass it on in good. <laughs> faith i love an, a good uh, typo in the paper and this one yeah perfect this is about nigella lawson she's revealed her favorite comfort foods oh yeah top is a steamed syrup sponge and goes through it trifle and number four my mother's praised chicken <laughs> it's not surely braised chicken not praised oh i love my mum's chicken it's fabulous oh yeah it's, it's always praising <laughs> the hawksby and jacobs daily podcast reading a little piece about the london marathon today london marathon chiefs will decide in the next 10 days whether the race can go ahead on october the 4th um the elite race can go ahead because that's obviously much easier to manage mm. in terms of social distancing but you know 42,500 runners are going to get an email um, with an update of what's going on. Um, 
It's tough, isn't it, at the moment? I mean, you know, they say get out and run. You can do that with your mates, but the idea of a big organised race and, you know, that the marathon industry around yeah. the world raises millions it's for charity. charity. That's so, yeah. the thing, isn't it? Yeah. Joining us now uh, from uh, one half of the running commentary podcast with Paul Tonkinson, Rob Deering. Good afternoon, Rob. Good afternoon to you. Um, yeah, it's, it, it's just it's tough, isn't it, for the old marathon industry? There, and it is an industry. You know, people do they travel the world, they run in different marathons, they raise money for good causes. And Absolutely. it's difficult. I mean, difficult. the marathons themselves are enormous. The amount of money raised for charity is enormous, and of course, the I mean, logistics of putting one on. You know what I mean? The, the, the idea of any marathon that isn't a, on, or, on or off is, is the difference between everything. It's like Glastonbury or something, isn't it? Yeah. And you can't, you mean, it's just not possible, is it, on the London Marathon course to do it, have 42,500 people socially distancing? No, absolutely. That's not going to happen. And, and uh, I mean, there's different ways you can look at it. Like you say, it could just be like the, it would be, be nice for all of it, to, for, in terms of a sporting event, for the elites to run and everything, but it misses the heart of the London Marathon, which is a hugely democratic event, you know, where the best athletes in the world are very much running right alongside people who, like you say, are doing it for charity and may never run again, you know what I mean? And there's a real equality there. So if that half of the community, and when we say half, you know, we're talking tens of thousands of people, can't run, then it wouldn't be the same event at all. You're a veteran of the event. How many have you actually run now? Seven. 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 That's pretty good, though. Yeah, I did say after the first one, with some further, <laughs> never again. Uh, <laughs> Yeah. And have you done quite a few around the world? Yeah, I've done the I've done a couple of the other marathon majors actually. I've done Berlin and uh, New York, um, and you know, like along with what are the other Tokyo and Chicago and Boston, they're the six marathon majors. And I really, you know, they're absolutely brilliant, and I love them. But they really reaffirmed for me what an amazing event the London Marathon is. So it, it makes me feel quite equivocal about this because I really would love for it to go ahead. But equally, you want it to be all it can be, you know. And if it's going to be a compromised event, uh, then maybe it's better if they can wait. I mean, if it is going to go ahead, you'd think, again, a bit like we've seen with mm. some of the other sporting events, you just have to take the field down. Maybe, maybe you could work with 10,000, but even then, that, that's a lot of people, isn't it? Getting that's in and right. out, getting in and out. You'd have well. to be so strict as well. You know, yeah. you know, you know, A, what people in general are like, and B, what runners are like. You know, that, that everyone wants to do the right thing, and everyone knows what the, what's called for. In, in these times, you know, but when it comes down to it, once people start running, some people aren't going to adhere to that unless you unless they literally can't get close to each other, or whatever, you know what I mean? I don't know if they're going to pace it out, start at different times, lanes or whatever it might be, masks, you know, it could be uh, really quite a challenging thing to uh, to do. We spoke to uh, your uh, partner on the podcast, Paul Tonkinson, a little while ago uh, uh, during the lockdown when the runners had become kind of pariahs really, hadn't they? Because they're running along towpaths, sweating, um, creeping up on people, etc. But uh, hopefully that's all past now. Absolutely. Well, I, I think it's, uh, it's, it, it pulls off in all, in all different directions because I've, I've kept running all the way through the lockdown and I've been really careful, like, you know, jumping in and out of the road and avoiding people and stopping and doing what needs to be done. But I've seen other runners not doing that. I mean, a lot of times, you know, it, 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 it's fantastic because you've got new runners, people um, who've embraced it because of the lockdown. But, of course, if running's difficult, if you're really putting it all out there, it gets harder and harder to kind of dodge around and start and stop 
you know so i think runners can be quite uh quite hard to you know that can get a bad rep on the distancing and of course people who don't run don't need much excuse at all to disapprove of runners (laughs) (laughs) what about shoe wise have you gone in for a pair of these vapor flies they seem to make such a difference i think if i was really well that's the funny Mm. that's the crazy thing i mean it's such a, a a little kind of side effect of this year but it was just amazing to think back to february when that was the number one conversation yes, <laughs> what about these shoes <laughs> and then you know a few days later because me and paul were going to run the manchester marathon and the london marathon and the new york marathon this year wow. so you know it's a, it's a, i mean it compared to um i don't know uh, industries and jobs and things it's not much but it's a huge change to the shape of the year to not do all that stuff sure and the podcast though continues Yes, we kept it right up through the deepest, darkest days of the lockdown, and uh, we kept on talking rubbish to each other throughout, and on we will. Good stuff. Uh, People should go and check it out. Lovely to talk to you. All the best, Rob. Thanks very much. Thanks a lot. Paul Tongleton and Rob Dewin's podcast, Running Commentary, Run Com Pod on Twitter to find all the information. It's on Acast and iTunes, etc. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from TalkSport. Andy, anything else for us? Um, What else have I got? Oh, I've got a little cricket thing you'll like. It's got a little cricket story for Mm. you. Uh, we got Ireland later this week, of course, in the one days. Uh, I think the first game is down in Southampton, isn't it? They're probably playing them all, Mm. I'm not sure. But Graham Ford, the Ireland coach said one of the problems they've had uh, using the white ball in the one-day games is that they can't really see it because of the white seats, the empty seats. So they're losing the ball on the, on the uh, seats. Yeah. It's, he said it's uh, been a bit of a problem. Um, yeah, it's been quite difficult. They said it's difficult logistically to cover all of the seats. And Graham says it does take a bit of getting used to, but we've got a week of prep and we can make sure that we hone that and make sure that guys get their eyes in while fielding. Because that's the other thing. If that's your backdrop, you've got yeah. a white ball. Oh, it's hard. It? It's air. all right for the batsman and the bowler because they have a black backdrop for the yeah, side yeah, yeah. screen. Or sure. No, no, it's the fielders there in trouble. Definitely. And uh, did you see that, uh, it was a good thing actually, the video call yesterday, Prince William uh, talking about football and mental health and all yeah. that. And, uh, David Beckham and Andros Townsend <laughs> and stuff. Yeah. thing, Prince William, that people do when they do video calls, if you're doing one, don't get too close to the lens. Well, I you can't, think, I'll, you've put it over, I can, you've got a microphone there, Andy. Oh, okay, well, he's got a bit close. You think? Yeah, I'll make John Cross, Crossy does that when he does a, like, a thing from the, thing, the match report. You think, ah, it's too close. It's <laughs> invading your space. Okay, well, you've told him now. I suppose it's arm's length, really. Yeah. I bought a little tripod, it's very good for that. Well, I bought it for the table tennis to, so I could have the camera static and high up. Okay. But it's really good for Zoom calls and things like that. You haven't got to hold it at arm's When we were having our little house party chats now and again, quite often we'd only just see the top of your head. Yeah, that's when I got the tripod. Oh, is that, that's, that's been the game changer, is it? <laughs> that's has. been a game changer. <laughs> uh, we spoke uh, a while back, didn't we, to someone who was very high in the old fantasy football league, the global fantasy oh, yes, football league with the massive right. prizes. Yeah. And he said that at that time he was ahead of... Uh, Magnus Carlsen, the uh, the chess master, mm. and the grandmaster, the Norwegian guy, um, and he, he did pretty well. I think he was lying a, he was lying fourth in the world. Mm. Carlsen going into the final weekend this weekend, but he needed more from Mikel Antonio. I think he needed four goals from Didn't him. Didn't he? I thought he needed a hat-trick from Rashford as well. Oh, well, he, he well, needed quite a lot. <laughs> but uh, he didn't do it. But that would have been fairly mm. amazing, wouldn't it? Uh, 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 grandmaster in chess and the world's best yeah. player of fantasy football. But we may be speaking to the guy that won it because oh, okay. they get some huge mm. prizes for winning it, understandably. So Sounds we good. shall see. Uh, oh, anything boy. else? Oh, uh, yes, a letter from... Uh, <laughs> 
<laughs> Les Holt in Manchester to the sun oh, today. Good, good old Les, I love good old Les, Les, Les Holt. Fantastic, he says. Manchester United finishing third to qualify for the Champions League is down to Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. His leadership has inspired the players. Well, yeah, and the 200 million they spent, including Bruno Fernandes, who came in in January and saved the season. But apart from that, so, well, he inspired the players. I know players. you'd like to throw that. You've thrown that fact around like a government minister. They spent 208, but they got, about, just that. They got about 80 odd back. They no, no, sold the Kaku. It's, it's not just that. It's the fact that, I mean, look, their season turned on Fernandes coming in, which is yeah, fine. It's good they, recruitment, isn't great it? Great recruitment. They bought him, but, you know, that isn't inspiring. I mean, and Custis was saying today, Neil Custis was saying, he's, he's like Alex, he compared him to Alex Ferguson. I think, blind. Give it, give it a bit of time, yeah. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. So there we are. That was this afternoon's show. I won't be here tomorrow. Danny Kelly is alongside uh, Andy, so we'll catch up with you on Thursday. You want to say anything else, Andy? No. Fair enough. Uh, thanks for listening. You've been listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Hear the guys every weekday between 1 and 4 p.m. on TalkSport. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.